This is Michael, you're listening to Models of Masters, and I'm so grateful you're here. I'm breaking down personal stories, learned wisdom, and pieces of insight I hope can help you along your journey. Head over to my website, michaelbecker.org, for much more. And with that, let's get right into the show. In this episode, you're going to hear from Justine Progroski, who is a million-dollar brander, author, and speaker. Justine has years of corporate experience working for leading digital agencies like Ogilvy & Mather, Saatchi, Wonderman, and others until she went on to start her own agency, Million Dollar Branders. She's worked with amazing clients like Coke, Dove, Nike, Purina, Canon, and alongside other corporate clients like American Express and Optus. Justine is a global keynote speaker with a cutting edge approach to the branding and digital world. And she focuses in her work on authenticity, integrity, and unforgettable style. Crafting the unique signature of a successful brand identity, as we discuss in this episode, is the key to driving a successful legacy or luxury brand. And that's exactly what Justine helps her clients do and what she is pioneering in the personal branding marketplace right now. She has a keynote that is entitled The Lamborghini Effect, How to Build an Irresistible Million Dollar Brand. It's funny enough that the movie, which chronicles Ferruccio Lamborghini and his ascent to success just came out this week. I just watched the movie, it's incredible. We talk about Lamborghini in this episode, along with other high profile luxury brands. And Justine divulges some of the secrets behind what makes these brands such heavy hitters as legacy brands in the marketplace. I hope you enjoy this episode and we'll get right into it. So we are heading into 2023, just around the bend. Justine, what are million dollar brands doing differently than everybody else? I think we are completely living in an attention age and an information age. It's about those two things. So if you can command influence and you can combine that with information and, you know, just make your brand pop, I think that's what they're doing, you know, and then there's this relentless passion and drive that million dollar brands have that the others don't. So it's about showing up, stepping up. Like you would know this, Michael, look at your brands and what you're doing. You know, it's, it's all about just showing up. And a lot of people think that when you create a brand, it's going to happen overnight. But what they forget is everyone started with just one follower. And they also started with just one post. So it's about leveraging everything together and then gaining power and influence that way. And it's about people who are listening to you and watching you. It's not about you. People get confused about that. So that's what the million dollar brands I think are doing. Yeah. And they evolve over time, right? Like all brands start from a seed that is planted by a single entrepreneur or a, a small group of co-founders typically. And I think with million dollar brands, you said it, there's something special and they tend to take on a life of themselves. There's an aura of luxury that develops around the brand. hundred percent. What are some of your favorite brands or some examples that you that you are inspired by who have just killed it? Well, I think you know this already. I'm a huge fan of Lamborghini. That's, I think, my, my favorite world global brand because they customize the experience. So when you go and purchase a Lamborghini, right, they customize it's down to the seats, the leather, the 
color. Like you don't just go buy a red Lamborghini. It's like cherry red, you know, like they, they really hone in on that customer service. And then it's an experience. Like when you go into an actual Lamborghini store, I was lucky enough to launch a brand a couple of years ago and we actually showcased it from the Lamborghini showroom in Orange County. And the whole experience, like when you walk into a Lamborghini showroom to the second you walk out, you feel, you yourself feel like a million dollar brand. Mm. So it's all about how you make people feel and and how they perceive you as a brand. Um, Saying that, I think there's a lot of amazing personal brands out there. You know, and, and I think what I'm going to say is I love the brands that come from nothing. You know, a lot of people are talking about Andrew Tate at the moment and a lot of females are like, oh, we hate him. We hate him. You know what? I actually think he's doing a really good job because what he's doing is he's bringing the old school mentality back of um, how a certain character should be as a man. And I don't think it's easy being a man in today's world. You know, I don't think it's easy being a woman either, but I think the deep seated values of the Western world have changed. And I know this is a controversial subject, but I think he's doing a great job commanding influence and also just setting a great example because you look around how many people are fit and healthy these days. A lot of people are chasing the dollar, chasing the bag, but they don't take care of their health. They don't take care of their fitness. And you as a brand and as a million dollar brand, I believe you've got to lead by example. I mean, what do you think as a man? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I'm a huge fan um, from the 99% of the content that that he puts out specifically uh, really does resonate with me. But just as a marketer and a social media brander, you know, I can certainly appreciate the root and you, you pick up on the nuances of what other people are doing. And um, and yeah, there's there's a lot a lot to be said for that. I was going to ask you about personal branding because we're certainly moving into, I think, an age where everybody is their own brand and the benefits of creating your own personal brand are becoming greater as- Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so many personal brands popping up, right? So it's about like, how quickly can you command attention? You know, my brand's grown very organically, but I'm definitely going to step it up for 2023. And I think like you, you know, we put in the effort. It doesn't just happen overnight. There's no shortcut. I'm sure, I don't know your background, we can go into it, but like basically it's about like just showing up. And if you do something long enough and you work hard enough and you work smart enough, it's going to happen. You'll evolve as a personal brand. Something you you said a minute ago that I wanted to pull out as an insight, you said that million dollar brands make you feel like a millionaire. Basically, they make you feel something that other brands don't. And that's why they can sell their product at a 10x or 100x or 1000x markup from the next guy down the street who doesn't have the brand. And so brand is what is what gives you the power um, within the market to 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 pretty much do whatever you want to do. Absolutely. And I think your brand is also it's it's basically your touch point to the world. So if you created something that's not making people feel a certain way, that's where you're doing something wrong. How are you making people feel? And also it should echo like you should have people going, you know, that Michael guy, you know, you know what he does, you know, he's he's got this program called Models of Masters, you know, like and you want them talking about you. Like, and, and also what is the echo effect, you know, in two years, five years, 10 years, where do you want to be? Something else that I've kind of noticed too, in the personal branding space, 
would love to get your thoughts on this. It's almost as though you need a perspective. You need to have an opinion on, on something, but on the topics that are really heavy right now in pop culture and the, the more you can ride those waves, it seems as though the more, uh, the more you're going to catch on, the more people you're going to, you're going to kind of attract to the information that you're putting out. Do you see that as a trend as well? hundred percent. And also what people forget, I mean, humans have evolved over time, right? So it doesn't actually matter where you're getting your information from. It's about like putting your own tweak on it. Like how are you perceiving that information? Because a personal brand is all about how you articulate on a certain subject. Like if you're a great tennis player or you're a great, um, I don't know, ballet dancer, for instance, like people want to hear your perspective on it. What's hard about it? How did you get through the challenges? You know, people are all about learning. It's like walking Google. Like they want walking Google these days, you know, like I know TikTok is basically, they're saying that it's the most popular SEO engine right now. So instead of going to Google and typing in, how do I sing? They'll go into TikTok and, and type in, how do I sing? You know, and, and we're all about following influencers. And I think people are catching on so quickly. They want real people. They want the people who are basically go from broke to, you know, a, a billion dollars. They don't want to learn from people who have this perfect life, who haven't gone through the trials and tribulations. Like, I don't know about you, but I would much rather learn from someone who has um, failed at first a million times and then made it because there's a certain charisma about them. There's a certain tenacity about them. There's a drive. There's a burning desire to make it in the world. And it's about building up your energy. Like if you have that energy, even in a bad climate, like those are the real champions of the world. And that's who I want to learn from as an entrepreneur, because as you would know, being an entrepreneur, it's not all glamorous. And people, you know, used to be, I think pre-COVID, you know, there were a lot of pictures on Instagram of people with Maseratis and Lamborghinis and, you know, living this um, traveling life of, you know, laptop life from mansions in Thailand. And people are smart these days and it's not all they want. Like life is about money. Money does make you happy, I think, you know, and I've, I've built a business by myself with no funding. I, I was never given anything. I came from nothing. So I know the trials and tribulations, but it's basically about, um, you know, how do you do it? Can you do it? And what is the tenacity and drive that goes into it? I think that's the attention age that we're living in. People are smarter these days. What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, it, it's interesting to see kind of the evolution of what I would say, like Instagram branding, maybe as a sub, a sub slice of the personal branding movement and to see how it's evolved over the last call it the last decade um, with everything you were just describing, you know, I think it reached sort of its peak of popularity, you know, yes. three, four years ago. And we've seen, we've seen it continue, but I think what COVID did also was disrupt the, um, the, the norms of working and of, of lifestyle, but also shifted what's important to people and what people want to see. And now I believe we are on the crest of this new wave where it's no longer going to be as much about the mansions and the money and the lifestyle. It's going to be more about vulnerability and truth. And I believe, you know, a conscious awakening 
where you're going to have educators coming out and sharing. Absolutely. That, that's what I'm seeing. And that's what I'm most excited about for the next year or two here. Definitely. Because as I said, we all started with just one follower, right? Like we didn't just show up and click our fingers. And then one day we had a massive following. It never works like that. And I think there's so many people spruiking that, you know, you can do it overnight and there are lots of shortcuts. There's no shortcut to success. There's no shortcut to becoming rich. There's no shortcut to becoming wealthy. You've got to put in the work. And I think, um, you know, I was listening to a podcast, but Warren Buffett was talking about the fact that um, a lot of people don't know, you know, th there's a small, very, very, very tiny minority of people who know how to make it through a recession or a depression or hard financial times. But the only way to get through it is to work harder on yourself than you work on anything else. And I think that is so true. Like, I mean, I come from a bodybuilding background. Um, I did Muay Thai for years, you know, kickboxing. I am very into health and fitness. And then also intellectually, I think it's so important to work on your mind. You know this, like you work on yourself constantly. As, as entrepreneurs, it's, it's the new equity. Like you've got to invest in yourself. You've got to be... Um, so committed to taking yourself to the next level because each stage of life will demand a different level of you. Yeah, I have that tattooed almost verbatim on my, on my right arm. Um, to every, you. Level, every level demands a new you. And so, so you see, I'm psychic, by the way. I didn't tell you that. That's one of my skill set traits. There you go. I, I saw it on your arm. I was like, I know he has that on his arm. I'm going to talk about that today <laughs> with him. Um, I wanted to ask you about your just digging in into your story a little bit and specifically some of the challenges that uh, maybe you faced in building your personal brand to what it is today as kind of the million dollar brander. Um, and to go off that as well, what are some of the challenges that you're facing just on a day to day basis and continuing to build that? Absolutely. So my journey, I was originally born in Johannesburg, South Africa, and we left at about, I was probably about 11 and a half, but my mom was held up by nine men with machine guns. And I was caught in that shootout and we ended up moving our whole lives to Sydney, Australia, starting again. My parents were not extremely wealthy. In fact, at the age of about 12 and nine months, I got a job. I worked in, gosh, I'm like all different places, donut shops, um, retail, you know, I, I probably had about five jobs. I was, I was going to school five days a week, working on weekends to be able to pay for little things like school books or school camps or, you know, because I didn't want to ask my parents. They were so great to start again and, you know, uproot their whole lives to give us another chance. And I, I think from a young age, I just had to grow up, you know, and I always had this entrepreneurial spirit in me where I knew I had to make it. And also I didn't really have a choice because I wasn't given anything on a silver platter. And I think the, the work ethic was almost ingrained in me because I saw my dad working so hard to provide for his family, which is quite mature, I think, for a 12 year old. But I remember, you know, just those days of earning my own money and how good it felt. And I, I stumbled into what I wanted to do. I, I went into graphic design once I finished school. I worked for, I, I was lucky enough to, you know, begin work for a lot of global agencies like Ogilvy and MNC Saatchi. I don't know if you've heard of them, but um, I worked like a dog. I worked literally 
around the clock and I treated every business that I went into like my own business. And then I saw a gap in the market for a smaller agency that could provide the experience of a larger agency. And I remember just thinking, you know, I've, I've got to do this. It's now or never. So I started my agency from zero clients. I was the secretary. I was the accountant. I was the lawyer. I was the designer. I was the web designer, you know, and, and I built it up over the space of, you know, a decade. And I love what I do. I really don't look at it like work, but I think the most rewarding thing about what I do is I help take clients on a global scale to the world and I help put light on them and I help make them shine. And it's such a rewarding avenue to go on because it's building character. It's building people's, you know, drive and tenacity. And a lot of the time I see, you know, baby Justine in my clients, you know, so I get to help them on so many levels and I love it. Wow. I love that. And thank you for, for sharing that. Um, thank you. It reminded me of kind of my, I mean, I've always been interested in, in branding, um, but my, my first kind of memory or experience of really diving in to the, 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 the marriage of branding and business, I think was back in college. And we, I was part of this advertising competition for students and we spent an entire semester building out this campaign for uh, a real client. It was a mock campaign and they were in the painting industry. And I never realized up to that point how much detail and research actually goes into creating not just a campaign, but to building a brand over time and 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 the, the extent to which you have to immerse yourself into what your customers really want and feel on a daily basis to make an imprint in the world. And I think the importance of that has gone up, you know, even since then, 12 years ago, um, you really have to create experiences. And I know that Absolutely. this something you write about in your book is the move into the experience age. Yes. How can that develop and how important is it to understand how experiences work? Well, um, I'm going to steal some words from Maya Angelou, right? Like she was the one who said, people will always remember how you make them feel. So you think about how long ago she said that. I mean, that was decades and decades ago. When you have a great experience with a brand or something makes you go, wow, that was truly amazing. You're going to talk about it. You're going to go, you're going to share it with your friends. You're going to share it with your family. And it goes the same for products, for services. Um, you know, it can be even places or destinations, but people, as I said, are getting smarter these, these days and it's, it's an attention age. People have a very low sense of attention. So like even you see people swiping on Tinder, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, you know, and it's all about how do you hold their attention? But also again, it all goes back to the end of the day, if you're creating an experience, how are you making them feel? And I'm going to say, how are you making them remember you? What is it that really stands out? Like with your college campaign that you were talking about, you worked on it for so long, but the way to build a brand that, you know, people love, you know, is by what you guys were doing, like group up, talk about it, like create some impact around it. And then it grows. Community is big too. Like you, if you can build a great community of people that really resonate you, I think that's huge. Hmm. What are some of the community building methods or forums that you're seeing 
million dollar brands leveraging? Well, we were we were doing a lot of rooms on an app called Clubhouse. I'm not sure if you were familiar, especially during COVID, which I, I thought was a great app. I mean, I met the most incredible people on that app. But I think it's also, you know, Instagram, TikTok is fantastic. And I think it's about being you don't want to be likable in a fake way. Like it's about being authentic and your authentic self. And who cares if everyone doesn't like you? Do you know what I mean? You'll find your people and, and you would know this well, Michael. It's about finding your crew and the people who resonate with you. That authentic right. brand is going to be a huge brand equity for a lot of companies. If you can capture your own audience, because you don't want to market to everyone. I don't want everyone as my clients. I want the people who are going to resonate with me, with Justine and resonate with Million Dollar Branders as my clients, the people who are ready to work with me and who have the same drive and tenacity to make it. Those are the brands I want to work with. And I'm sure it's the same with yourself. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I I started a brand back in 2018 in the New Earth, which is a subset of the New Age, which is a subset of the spirituality space. And at the time, I mean, I didn't I didn't know where it would go or what it would become. And, you know, I, I grew it over the course of a, a couple years to become what it is. And, you know, there's, I think, 60,000 people that, that follow me on the account now. And granted, you know, it's not monetized to the level of a million dollars. But to me, the feeling that I've created within myself and for the small group of followers that have gravitated there, it certainly feels in terms of value provided, like something that is making an impact and a difference in the world. So I think that's what great brands do. They go beyond perception and they actually fulfill a need, be it functional or emotional or mental or spiritual even for a niche audience who is underserved and who is ripe for exploitation or for service. Um, Absolutely. And, and the one brand when you were talking that came to mind is obviously Apple. Everyone talks about Apple. It's not just about, it's not a fun, it's not, I mean, it is a functional brand. It's a beautiful brand, but it goes so much more beyond that. Like Steve Jobs was all about merging the two, right? So functionality and then building a loved brand and almost a community. I mean, when Apple releases a new product globally, there's a line from here to Timbuktu. You know, there's a real love for the brand of Apple and, and you know, just holistically around the world, I think. They, they built a, a community of raving fans. And I think that's what million dollar brands are really good at doing. Yeah, and I think an another point off, off the back of that is they always have a surplus of demand. They always have more demand than, um, than supply. And they always have lines of people, whether literally or figuratively, that are, are ready to engage or to buy absolutely and rolex another one yes. you know rolex are very hard to find like i i'm wearing one now but you know it's it's they, they're really hard to find so like you want a certain rolex for instance you've got to go on a waiting list same with bugatti and it, may, it makes them like actually so hard to get in a way and i think this is what a lot of clever brands do like what you were saying they, they are creating waiting lists Rolex purposely limits production of their of their watches mm -hmm. for that reason. I love that. I just think that's ingenious. Yeah, it's like the reverse of what <laughs> you would expect with a company, yes. right? 
And it's, but it's, it's exactly like what we were talking about. You don't want everyone wanting your product. I think if you cleverly can make it scarce in a way, then you're winning. There's something special about it. Yes. So to that point, what are some of your clients doing differently in the modern day to maintain or to build their empires or to create their empires that is distinct from what others are doing or from what they may have done in the years past? I'm going to say that they're authentic. And I know this can be a buzzword, but every single person and brand can create something different if you tap into what's real. I did something called award school many, many years ago that was very tough to get into, but it was coached by the best um, teachers in advertising in the world. And basically what they said, if you can come up with a concept that's real, that resonates with someone that brings out an emotion or feeling, but it has to be real, then you'll stumble upon something great. So what is it about you or your product that is very real that you can play on, that you can tap into emotion? Some of the greatest advertisements we see on TV, or I'm going to say the old school TV ads, you know, like from the 80s. Um, they really tapped into an emotion. Have you ever seen an ad on TV where you go, oh my gosh, that was so funny, or oh, that was so cringe, you know? Those are emotions that they pull you into. Great advertising is about pulling your customer into you, you know, and then having that moment of, aha, I get it, or I resonate with that, or I can imagine myself with that product. You know, and I think that's a lot of what we're doing for clients these days. Like if you can create an aha moment for them and play on that authenticity and that sense of reality, like what do normal people love these days? What are they experiencing? What are their challenges? What are their um, discomforts? What do they love? What do they hate? These are normal, rough human emotions. You can tap into that. You've got something great. Right. Yeah. The, my mind immediately went to what's happening right now economically in the world with inflation at an all-time high for many years. And, you know, if if you are a financial institution or someone that is in a position to help guide or mentor regular people to combat that to where maybe they can make money in alternative ways or pick investments in a way that is different or better that other people aren't doing or aren't aware of, then you can position your messaging to appeal to them based on what's relevant and what's happening in the world right now. So relevancy, that's a, that's a really big point. I'm glad you I think that's, I, I think that's also smart what you're saying. Like also it doesn't matter what you do, make it about your customers, literally exactly what you just said, right? Like it's not about you. Everyone is putting out content, you know, thinking, you know, about me, let me tell my, what about them? Like, how can you help them? And what you said was spot on. I want to, I want to get tactical for a second because so much of our lives these days are had online and the digital customer journey or prospect journey is, is had online. I mean, 90% of the time for most brands that people are going online to discover you, to learn more and probably to purchase. And, you know, I don't think a lot 
I don't think enough people are talking about the importance of that experience from the moment somebody's hit with an ad or a post that you put out, how cohesive that experience needs to be to your funnel or to your landing page or to your webinar and the nuance that needs to be present there to engage them and to keep them. And there can't be any friction or fragmentation there or else people will bounce because the bar has effectively been set at a level that has never been had before. It continues to go up because savvy marketers and million dollar branders are figuring, figuring out how to make these funnels and landing pages and ads better and better and better. What are you seeing in the space related to that? To be honest, um, I've got a bit of a controversial view on this because I think as a customer these days, you really have to be switched on to the fact, I mean, everyone's a coach, everyone's a mentor, everyone's building funnels. And I agree with you. I mean, they're kids who are 12 years old, making millions and millions of dollars on, you know, Twitch and Rumble and TikTok and all these apps these days, right? But as a customer, firstly, I think you've got to be very careful with who you do business with who yeah. you follow, if they resonate with you, and then also if you're going to get value from it. There's a lot of scamming going on on the internet. That's why I commend people, um, you know, like Grant Cardone, like Andrew Tate. I don't care what people think about him because I, I'm a fan. I think he he's done an amazing job of taking his brand to the world. And he's being authentic. He's, he's sitting in his own view, same as Grant Cardone. You know, like he actually offers value when he speaks. You know, he's teaching people, he's teaching kids fundamental values. Same with Elena Cardone, his wife. So find people who resonate with you. But I think the number one thing that we're going to find is a lot of people who are doing the scamming are going to be exposed for what they're doing. I think in 2023 and beyond, it will come out. You know, so if you can stay in your authentic self, I mean, it doesn't really matter if you have 500 billion funnels. If you can do that, good for you, right? But are you living the real life? Are you the real deal? And are you living the real thing? Because I think if you can nail that based on your own experience, then you're going to shine. Then you're really going to make big money. So let me ask you this. What separates the real ones from the charlatans or from everybody else that's that's posing as being someone that maybe they're not? Is it time? Is it experience? Is it money? I think it's all three. And like, are they, are, they, are they talking the talk and walking the walk? Do your research, speak to people who they've worked with, you know, thoroughly do your research in terms of dealing with people, whether you're getting them to build a brand, speak to people who have been in their programs before you. Because I think, and it also, it's all subjective, right? Like not everyone's gonna have amazing reviews all the way around. But I think what I would say is going, when you're looking for a coach or a mentor, like, would you change lives with them? And I think it is about experience too. I mean, you see a lot of these coaches who really don't have experience. They'll be selling courses like how to make 10 grand a month. Have they made 10 grand a month themselves? You know what I mean? So I'm always, and, and call me skeptical and I am a recovering perfectionist. So I won't put my name to something unless I'm spot on. And I pride myself in being authentic. And I pride myself, everything I do has a purpose behind it. And if, if my name's attached to it, you better damn well make sure that it's authentic and that it's real. Yeah, I love that. Um, so with your brand, um, helping other companies achieve that million dollar status, look, feel and experience, what has been the biggest learning that you've had 
working with the companies that you've engaged with over the last few years? It's such a great question. I love that question. The number one thing, I think from like knowing that everyone starts with nothing, right? So sometimes people will come to our agency and be like, we don't even have a name. How do we stand out? And there's a real art. I think it is a talent to be able to position a brand. So it looks like it's been around for 10 years, but everyone starts from nothing. But if they've got a certain energy about them, if they've got the passion, if they've got a great idea and they're willing to work for it and be patient, then I think you can build a brand into a million dollar brand, but it does take time. And mm -hmm. I, do, I do think there are shortcuts. I think if you can find someone who's done, been there and done that, like there are products on the market that can be done better. So I wouldn't say limit yourself, you know, like I, I think if you can find something, if there is something that already exists, take it and make it better. We always do a competitive analysis. I don't even call it a competitor analysis because you want to compare yourselves to others, but you don't want to get this weird feeling of, oh my gosh, they're better than me. I think I'm fully a strong believer in you should be your own competition in whatever you do in life. So whether it's, um, you know, personal, spiritual, um, mental fitness, whatever it is, you be your own competition. If you're giving yourself a hundred percent and you're giving your business a hundred percent, like the clients we work with, we'll take you from zero to a million dollar brand. So I want to ask kind of a different question. And I think it's something that a lot of people will be able to relate to right uh, along the, the lines of the tactical that we were discussing a minute ago, if you were someone who was brand new to the game, let's say you had a single product, you were being scrappy, you were being innovative, and you had less than $1,000 to work with, and you were just starting out. One product, maybe it's a, a beta version or just a, a minimum viable product, right? What is What would you do with that $1,000? Do I have my branding abilities and my background that I have now, or am I just starting out with nothing? I've got my abilities to be able to build it up myself. Okay. So the beauty I think with me, and this, this is a, I mean, I can talk about my own business, right? Because it basically was a baby beta version when I started it, but I had no investment. I had no funding, but I was on the phones. I was on the phones calling people. My first client was an architect. You know, I built my own website. I, I, you know, made call. I just sat on the phone until I got that one client and replaced my salary of my job. So I think you got to have that tenacity. And you know what? You don't really need to spend money these days. You can go on Fiverr to test a product. You can pay $5 for a logo. You can create your own logo. There's Canva. If I had $1,000 to work with, I would buy a Canva account. I'd go into HubSpot. I'd do every single tutorial about, you know, the and you can do the free versions. I mean, when I was growing up, we had we only had Encyclopedia Britannica and my and imagination. That's mm -hmm. all we had. And and I remember the old math computers that they had with the colors at the back. You know, I walked out of my first maths class, um, my, my first um, design class and my first maths class. I never used to be good at maths either. You know, I was called dumb at school. I had to figure it all out. And I think investing in yourself, put that money into investing in yourself. But when you're building a business, it's so important to never be attached to the idea until you've got proof of concept. So whatever your idea is, make sure you test it. And I'm not talking about just with your mom and your dad and your brother and the people who love you or your friend, your best friend. Like you've got to really walk the streets. 
ask people if there's a need for that idea and need for that concept. You can totally start with nothing, build a landing page. They're basically free these days. Test your idea, get it online, see if you get sales. I think one of the most annoying things that I've seen is on Shark Tank or, you know, whatever they have in America, those, those big investment boards. And they, they have these pitches that go on stage and, you know, they're pitching their concept. And then the sharks go, so how much do you want for this concept? And they say $5,399,000 for 10% of the company. And then the sharks turn around and go, well, have you sold any? And they turn around and say, no. And it's like, how do you value your company at that? You've got to test it. You know, the dollars in are what makes a business real. If you can get those dollars in, in your concept, I think then you've got a business. You mentioned the importance of being economical and frugal when just starting out. And I'm curious with million dollar luxury brands specifically, at what point do you think a founder comes to that realization that they have something that is huge and that has potential to be really big. Um, and then how do you, how are you seeing your million dollar clients reallocating funds and changing their budget? At what point are they, uh, do they become comfortable spending more? Is it a ratio from revenue to profit standpoint? Is it just a intuitive thing? Like when do I start expanding and spending more on advertising, that sort of thing? I think you should always, so obviously there are different levels of a brand, but you always need to be reinvesting in your brand. Yeah. So I would say in the beginning stages, I'm huge on get it right the first time. So when I talk about not investing in your business of that thousand dollars, I would probably invest in the brand the most mm -hmm. because you get one point to take it to the world, right? If you've, if you've got a concept, a really good concept, you want to make sure you get that message out right. So make sure that the brand you create in the beginning creates a perception of a million dollar brand of that luxury brand, because that's what people are going to see to start off with. So I would take most of my budget invested in my brand. And that's my thinking, because I've seen companies go from zero to getting investors, to getting funding, to getting people look at them because the brand is amazing. The concept's amazing. The articulation's incredible. They have a good tagline. They've got a well thought out campaign. And then based on that, they've gone and made money. They've gone and made $50,000, $80,000, and they leverage off the back. And then they start investing in their brand. So um, you always, always need to be adding things, like also um, changing things up a little bit and be different because people are always looking at your point of difference. If you're like everyone else, people won't gravitate towards you. People won't look at you. And basically today in the attention age we're living in, they're not going to look at you. Look at all the greatest brands out there. They're always reinventing themselves. You know, even though Coca-Cola's logo has pretty much stayed the same, how many campaigns have they done? And you, they are constantly in your face. Yeah, and, and they, they, create a, they, they create a story and they stand for something that you tend to associate with that brand. It's not just about the product or the name, it's about it's about the feelings that they create based on what they believe in the stories that they tell. Absolutely. And remember people are, people have money, right? So you've just got to go get it from them. How do you get it from them? They have to imagine using your product. They've got to imagine a better life with your product or service. They are buying your product and service to ultimately either buy them freedom 
or, you know, things that they want it could be material things. It could be status. It could be, you know, influence, like find out what your customers core values and core wants are. And then you can basically give that to them through their brand. And then that actually leverages through their customers. So what are their customers want, like wants and needs? What are their life goals? That's how you get a really good avatar or demographic. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to ask you about something that, you know, you, you share on your website, you wrote that brands aren't built, they're earned. I wanted to ask about that and if you'd be willing to expand on that a little bit. Of course. Well, from my experience, and I think, you know, a little bit of my background, you know, I started from nothing and everyone is looking for a shortcut these days, but it's about putting in the hard work and the time and the effort and standing out. And I think if you're consistent and you're really driven and passionate, that's how a brand is earned. I don't think a brand is served to you on a silver platter. I think it's something that you've got to develop over time. It's like a piece of real estate. Like you want to keep, you want to buy in a good area and you want to keep investing, you know, in good areas, get your brand out there. You know, that's how you build equity. So a, a brand is basically like a stock and the more you put into it, you know, the more you're going to get out of it, but you've got to make that call of, you know, what do you want and how committed are you to building that brand? Cause it is earned. like from personal experience, my brand was earned. No one said, oh, here's, a, here's, you know, million dollar branders, you know, go have fun with it. Like go to the beach all day and then see how you go. It's, it was a lot of hard work. Like I'm constantly working. I'm constantly connecting with people and, you know, doing podcasts and connecting with other entrepreneurs, interviewing other entrepreneurs and aligning myself with people and things to elevate my brand and to elevate me. It's hard work building a million dollar brand. Oh, for sure. And I think that's where most people they get lost just with the between the work and the time that's required to put into to building something from scratch um so only only the strong survive it's a great point absolutely absolutely i love that because only the strong will survive moving forward too you know and again if you've got that point of difference and the, the drive and tenacity which i know you do you know it's about having that and just don't give up don't ever 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 give up and you know what a lot of people think being an entrepreneur is glamorous it's not always glamorous and it's not always glamorous for the first few years. Like I can tell you ridiculous stories about when I started working, you know, it didn't all just come to me. I remember the days where I didn't even have a laptop. You know, I worked my butt off to buy my first laptop and then I thought, okay, now I'm going to start a business. Now it's on. Yep. And um, I think it's the same for everyone. You know, everyone starts with nothing. Most people start with nothing. You've just got to work on yourself. You've got to believe in your passion, have the drive, have the ability and just don't give up on it. But um, the point was, it, it doesn't matter if you have a job. I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs pushing. You have to be an entrepreneur. You have to start your own business. You don't need to do that. You can have your full-time job and build your side hustle. It was Jim Rohn who said, you know, work part-time on your job and full-time on your, oh, sorry, full-time on your job and part-time on your fortune. Mm, I love that. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I'm curious from a, a personal perspective, what are your future aspirations or what are your goals for not just your personal business, but if you're open to sharing other investment vehicles that you're excited about or that you're dabbling with yourself? I think everyone is talking about the metaverse right now, you know, combining that physical with the digital. 
Um, and I think that's definitely something that is going to be a huge game changer for the world, but also building community. I think that community moving forward, you know, I'm really excited about working with entrepreneurs. I'm doing a lot of stuff actually with um, school kids at the moment, you know, encouraging them to really step out of their comfort zone. Because when I was a school kid, I was shy as hell. You know, I would barely open my mouth. If you said to me, go speak on a stage, I would be like, what are you talking about? I'm not getting up there. So it's just a lot of work and time that goes into yourself. Again, you know, building a great brand is about investing in yourself like no tomorrow. That's it for this episode. Really appreciate you tapping in. FYI, my new book, Content Capitalist, is launching end of March. I'm super excited to put this out into the world. I've been heads down the past six months writing and refining the book. If you'd like to register for updates and be added to my VIP waitlist, go to michaelbecker.org backslash content capitalist book. Can't wait to share what I've been cooking up with you guys. See you in the next episode.